Hello and welcome to episode number two of the Mind Body Masters podcast. I'm your host, Jake Curry, and as always, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here and help you on the journey to becoming a Mind Body Master. So today's episode is titled, Your Body Follows Your Mind. And so in this episode, we're going to dive in deep, looking at how stress and emotions, thoughts, perceptions influence our body, influence our physiology, and what you can do about that, how you can use that to your advantage to break free of some of the old patterns that have kept you stuck or sick. So stay tuned. Hello, my name is Dr. Jake Curry. I'm a chiropractor and I specialize in the mind-body connection and teaching people how to heal themselves. Becoming a mind-body master allows you to break free from the old emotions and patterns in your mind that have kept you stuck so that you can heal yourself physically from the inside out, unlock your true potential and feel truly inspired and energetic once more. If you're ready to learn how to harness the healing powers of your mind and develop the tools to become emotionally bulletproof, well stay tuned as we heal, grow and evolve. Okay, so this is a topic that the ancients have known about forever. Um, Pretty much every single culture, ancient culture, understands that disease starts first in the mind. And they look at it from that perspective. They look at going, if someone's sick or if someone's experiencing some kind of emotional trouble, well, they, they don't look at the body. They, in fact, first look at the mind. So this is where we want to go with it today. And I want to talk a little bit about epigenetics and the amazing work of what that is and who's doing some great work and what that, that work is starting to show us. And by the end of this episode, you'll have a really clear understanding of how your mind affects your body and what you can do about it to um, use that to your advantage to, so you can heal, grow, and of course, evolve. So firstly, let's just get into what epigenetics is. So if you haven't ever heard this term before, or you're not very familiar with this concept of epigenetics, I really encourage you to go onto YouTube and listen to a guy by the name of Bruce Lipton. Now, Bruce Lipton is a cellular biologist, and he has studied the effects of the environment on cells. So what Bruce Lipton did in this experiment was he had some stem cells, which are essentially just cells which are all genetically identical. Um, and what he did was he had three different petri dishes, which all had different culture in it, which is essentially like the food and nutrients and air and water for cells. And so what he did is he placed the genetically identical stem cells in each of the separate uh, cultures or different petri dishes. And what he found is that um, the stem cells in one petri dish produced muscle cells, the cells in another petri dish produced bone cells, and the cells in the third petri dish produced fat cells. And so why this is really important is what he discovered is that the genetic, the genetic outcomes of those cells was determined by the environment. What that tells us is that the environment was the thing that was really key at genetics and, and determining the genetics of these stem cells. And so now what people are starting to realize and recognize is that the environment is actually really key for us and for our health and for our genetic expression. So let's just break down the word epigenetics. So genetics obviously means genetic, the DNA, RNA structure of our body. 
And essentially, genetics is like the blueprint. And if you look at health for a lot of, if, you, if you're looking at it from a genetic model entirely, it says that we are bound by our genetics and our hereditary. So say if your mother had breast cancer, well then, if you're a female, there's a high chance that you're going to develop breast cancer as well because you have the same genetics. Whereas epigenetics is actually epi meaning above, so above genetics. Epigenetic looks at how, okay, well, you might have the genes for breast cancer, say, but it's doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to develop the condition and symptoms of breast cancer. What's really important to determine if you're going to develop breast cancer is not whether you um, have the, the genetic makeup for that, but what the environment is. And your environment is actually going to determine if those genes stay dormant and don't switch on, or if those genes are in fact going to switch on and start creating a breast cancer, for example. Um, so, and by the way, this, this podcast is not meant to be medical um, information or any kind of diagnosis or anything like that. So don't use anything that I say here in terms of a replacement for a diagnosis or a, um, a replacement for what you're currently doing medically. This is simply just to give you a whole new perspective and you don't necessarily have to take it and implement everything I say straight away, but just start looking at things from a whole new place. So I just thought I'd get that out of out of the road just from one of the first episodes to let you know that this isn't medical advice. So yeah, Bruce Lipton talks about how epigenetics is actually the key and the environment actually plays a key role in our health. And he proved this with the stem cells, um, which he, the stem cell experiments he did by determining what environment he put those stem cells in would determine what they would become. So the same is true with the human body. And for a long time, we've looked at health as from a really small, narrow perspective in terms of if someone's sick, well then mechanically there must be something wrong with their body. There must be some kind of chemical imbalance or something of that nature at a cellular level, changes at the cellular level, which are governing the disease or problem in the body. And this is probably a quite a Newtonian way of thinking in terms of um, this has a this cause and this has this effect. So epigenetics is looking at things from a more quantum perspective in terms of how the environment is actually causing things to adapt and change to create various diseases or expressions or whatever you want to call that. Now, let's just have a quick look at how that works. So I want to just explain a few things and help you understand and just give you some really basic examples of how your environment determines your physiology. So there's some really simple ones. So if you got chased by a tiger, like <laughs> that is a very stressful event. And I hope no one here gets chased by a tiger. But if you got chased by a tiger, that's a change in your environment. And your body would go through a series of, of adaptations. Your, your lungs would change. You'd, you'd start breathing in more oxygen. Your muscles would adapt and you'd start pumping blood to where you need it most. Um, you're, you would start to produce a heap of adrenaline, a heap of cortisol. And these are really smart adaptations made by the body in response to the change in the environment. And all of those things help you escape, help you escape from the potential danger. So what I'm getting at here is the tiger in this example is the environment. 
And what's happening at a cellular level, so adrenaline and cortisol being produced, um, changes in your digestive system. So no one's going to be bothering to digest their lunch if they're being chased by a tiger. The body's going to be like, hell no, that we haven't got time for that. We need to escape this tiger. We'll digest lunch if we survive. So changes to digestion, changes in the circulation, like I described before. So all of these things would not have occurred had you not been chased by a tiger, had the environment um, not changed. And so your body has created all these smart adaptions to help you cope, which is when you look at it from that perspective, it is really, really cool. And this is the first little paradigm shift that I hope that I can plant a seed for and will eventually grow for you is understanding that your body doesn't make mistakes. Everything that it does is designed to help you cope with a stressful environment, help you adapt to changes in your environment. And this is a really cool thing to look at. And it makes a lot of sense in animals and nature. And actually the next episode that we go into, I'm going to talk a little bit more about how changes in the environment affect um, or are occurring with animals and plants because it's really easy to understand and then you can apply that same understanding to the human body. So a couple of examples again. So, And the other thing I want to get explain to you today is that the brain doesn't know the difference between real stress or perceived stress. So what I mean by that is your body will respond exactly the same way if you are literally being chased by a tiger or if you're just worried about being chased by a tiger. So your body does not know the difference. And I'm going to give you some examples of that in a minute for some practical application. So as I said, the brain doesn't know the difference. So I want you to imagine a time. I've got two examples for you. And the first one is imagine you're at high school and you're doing your first ever public speech. So it might be for a school um, presentation or something along those lines. I know when I did my first ever presentation, I was packing it in. I was super nervous, super stressed about what people would think of me. Was I going to miss some words and forget things? All those normal things about doing a presentation. And by the way, public speaking is one of um, the world's biggest fears. So I'm sure a lot of you out there can actually resonate with the fear of doing a public speech. So doing the speech, you'd notice some physiological changes in your body. You'd start maybe sweating, your hands would get all clammy. Um, you might feel really like fight or flight response going on through your body. So this is another example of how a change in the environment, in this instance doing a public presentation causes your body to physiologically adapt to help you cope. So that's really, really cool. But then at the same time, if I asked you, if I said, hey, I want you to imagine right now in 10 minutes, you have to do a public presentation. And it's like, although you don't actually, you're not doing the public presentation, your body will respond in exactly the same way. I'm sure a lot of people would freak out at the thought of that. So that's a really good example. But my favorite example by far is a lemon. So if you're not driving, I want you just to close your eyes for a minute or if you're not walking or you don't need something where you need to keep your eyes open and pay attention, I want you just to imagine a lemon. And I want you to imagine going into your fridge and opening the fridge door and inside on the top shelf is a lemon. I want you to imagine yourself grabbing that lemon and taking it over to your cutting board. And before you cut it, I just want you to bring the lemon to your nose and have a big smell. I want you to smell what that lemon smells like. So imagine taking a big whiff of that lemon and smelling all that beautiful citrusy smell. Now I want you to place that lemon back on the cutting board 
and I want you to slice it straight down the middle. And I want you to imagine seeing the juices come out of the lemon and the splashes of citrus coming out of the skin and the smell actually starts to intensify. And now what I want you to do is I want you to imagine getting that lemon and putting it to your mouth and taking a big, big bite. All right, if you had your eyes closed, you can open them back up. Now, if you're like most people, when you think of a lemon and smell a lemon and imagine yourself cutting it, your body will actually respond physiologically. So you'll actually, I'm even a bit, my lips are a bit kind of tingly. I can feel my salivary glands kind of producing some some saliva in preparation for the, the sour lemon that's about to enter. So if you're like most people, you probably notice that you experience that change in your, like your body. And so this is, this is what I'm talking about is there was no lemon. There was absolutely no lemon anywhere. It was in your imagination, but your body responded as if it was a real lemon and you were taking a bite of a real lemon. And what that shows us is when the body responds to changes in the environment, to stresses, it doesn't matter if it's real or just perceived or imagined. And so this is where I want to go with you in terms of some practical applications for this. So often we experience um, stressful events in our life. And in that situation of a stressful event, our body's adapting and changing to help us cope, which is great. But the thing is, being humans, we have the ability to continue to ruminate and think about problems. And for a lot of people, when they've experienced stressful events, it might be 10 years later and they still haven't processed it. They're still feeling the same fear. They're still feeling the same anger. They're still feeling the same guilt. They're still feeling um, all of the old emotions that go along with it. And when this happens, this is when we get stuck in either chronic illness. So our bodies are chronically adapting to an imaginary stress that's not really there, or we get stuck emotionally in terms of our behavior and in terms of our thinking. And it's really hard to break that loop. And so one of the key things to breaking that loop is to first understand and create awareness around, well, what is it that I'm imagining as stressful in my environment? So if you're one of the people out there that's stuck in chronic illness and you've had maybe a pain physically for years and years and years, or you've got some kind of chronic IBS or a chronic skin condition or whatever it might be, those kind of things, and this is particularly applicable for people that have gone down the medical model and they've tried everything and everyone's kind of scratching their head and not really sure why your body still hasn't got any better. Well, this is where you can start looking down this and go, what is something that I'm potentially imagining or some fear that I'm getting into or worrying about in the future or where is it in my past that I still am holding on to resentment or anger or things like that and look at that because what's actually occurring when you are in that state your body will be responding physiologically in your like at a cellular level as if that event was actually happening as if you're being chased by that tiger or by that lion so that is the, the real importance of stress. And in today's modern world, like this is this is one of the big reasons why I want to make this podcast is so many people are stuck in these loops and are so stressed out and are trapped by so many of their emotions, like their old unresolved emotions and trapped with so much fear and uncertainty that they, every single day, not only are they unable to move forward and um, create the lives they want to live and unlock their true potential. But physiologically, they're still experiencing these old reoccurring 
themes. So start to look at where in your mind you might be harboring old emotions or worries about the future or just general stress and, ha- and start thinking about how is that, that stress affecting my body. So in the next few episodes, we're going to start delving into a little bit more detail. I might even do a brief series about what kinds of um, emotional stress and conflicts cause what kinds of adaptations in the body from a German new medicine perspective. So German new medicine, um, if you didn't listen to the first episode, is essentially the roadmap for understanding how various emotional conflicts cause physiological changes in the body. So we'll get into more of that as the... um, as the podcast goes along and, and, but right now we really need to start with the foundations of understanding, like understanding how stress actually affects your body. So I guess the takeaway, the, the mind body message for this episode is look at where in your life are you constantly reactivating old stressful events? Maybe it's a divorce with an ex and you, every time you think of that person, you get really frustrated or angry or pissed off. Or maybe it's you lost your dog and every time you see another dog, you experience the same kind of feelings. So look at your own life and look at where you feel trapped in your emotions. And one of the best ways to look at this is to start writing about it. Put pen to paper and just let your pen flow. Like maybe start with a journal prompt of where do I feel stuck emotionally? And then just start writing and put a timer on, let that go for 10 minutes And by the end of that 10 minutes, I'm sure you're going to have um, some aha moments and you're going to start to realize some of the areas and blind spots in your mind that you've been holding onto and continually putting on a loop. Or you've got some kind of imaginary stress that hasn't actually happened, that isn't real, that you can start to become aware of. And the other thing with this whole thing, the other mind-body message for this is stress and emotion can't live in the present moment. So Eckhart Tolle is one of my favorite authors of all time. If you haven't read Eckhart Tolle's work, um, the first book I would recommend is The Power of Now. This is one of the books that got me on this entire journey. But the thing is, when you're worried about the future, your body's adapting. When you're holding onto the past and being resentful or, or whatever of something that's happened to you in the past, well then that's, they're the two places where your body's physically adapting. Whereas if you're present and you're right here, right now, and your attention is on right here, right now, I ask you this question. If you are fully focused and your attention is fully on this present moment, what problems do you have now? So that's another mind-body message for you is I want you to answer that question and use that question whenever you feel yourself getting caught up in the past or worrying about the future is I want you to ask yourself, what problems Uh, do I have right now in this present moment? And just sit with that question and and see where you come out of it. Because the more time you can occupy in that space of the present moment, the less your body will be physically adapting to imaginary stress or old unresolved emotions. So I hope you found this episode really practical and useful and start looking at those, those journal prompts and start asking yourself those questions when you feel yourself getting into that. So Now, in the next episode, we're going to look at health in terms of a biological understanding. We're going to look at how we're going to dive a bit more deeply into how stress affects the body and look at that from a collective perspective. And I'm going to give you some real life examples of plants and animals, which are going to make this really easy to understand because 
as I said, I want to plant some seeds for you. And these seeds, I want to germinate and help you grow into a new perspective. And this perspective is very different from the current medical model. It's very different from conventional wisdom. And I'm not asking you to adopt it blindly. I'm asking you just to have a look and see what you think about this new perspective. Because for me, I know that when I was introduced to it and I started looking at the world through the eyes of epigenetics rather than genetics, it made a lot of sense to me and it helped me feel a lot less fearful about my body and my my destiny in terms of my health. I was, I'm no longer worried about contracting some kind of hereditary disease because I know that the environment is the key. So that's what I wish for you as well. Part of becoming a mind-body master is about being fearless and not being worried about what's going on with your body because you're empowered and you understand how your body responds to stress. So thank you very much for listening uh, to this one. Stay tuned for episode three, which will be all about ecosystems and animals and health and give you a further understanding about how stress and emotions affect your body. So as I said in the last episode, it is an absolute pleasure for me to be here with you and to share this information with you. I really feel of service and I really feel grateful that you are listening and I make this content and this um, podcast for people that are feeling stuck, for people that are caught up in old unresolved emotions or caught up in stress and, and noticing the effects that that's having on their, their bodies, but also their lives. And so I feel that this message can really help those people break free of those old patterns and break free from those glass ceilings that are really keeping people trapped and stuck. So if you find that this message is going to resonate with someone like that, please, I ask you to share that with, share it with them because you know what? It might just be the thing that starts them on the journey to um, freedom and the journey to experiencing better health, the, the journey to experiencing more freedom and inner peace. And I want that for everyone. And I hope you do too, because when the world is a beautiful place like that, well, when people in the world are like that, well, the world's going to be a beautiful place. So I hope you can uh, help me join in that, um, I guess, mission to make the world a better place by helping people take control of their bodies and to really, really transform themselves. So again, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for wanting to become a mind body master. And I look forward to talking to you in the next episode.